speak on prayer. Um, this message I titled what prayer is. Father, we just ask that you speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, speak to our spirit and help us to grow stronger in you. In Jesus' name, amen. What prayer is. For the most part, Christians, when we talk about prayer, what you hear is, is talking to God. He's talking to God. That's prayer. Talking to God is prayer. And then another thing is, is fellowship with God. You got to fellowship with God. That's prayer also. But prayer is not just fellowship with God. It's not just talking to God. Also included in that is summoning heaven's help so that you can have it good on the earth. He's summoning heaven's help upon your life so that you can have it good on the earth. If your prayers are not heard, you are without help on the earth. You are on your own. And that's kind of uh, difficult. But the key thing is when we pray, we are seeking justice from God for us. On the earth. And that's what Jesus told us. If you read in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 3, he said, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. If you are a man and you are not praying, you're a woman, you are not praying, before long you are going to be encountering things that will make you to want to give up. Lose heart, faint, you will be. So he says, this is what Jesus said, saying, this is how he put this to them, that men ought always to pray. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary. So, when Jesus is talking about prayer here, he's talking about a judge. They don't seem related. It doesn't seem like going to God and asking for something. He used a judge, a woman who had problem, who was being oppressed, and the person, this woman went to the judge, I need you to give me justice. God is the judge. So, I'm going with the prayer message tonight. Understand that God is the judge. He's the one to give justice. And in Genesis chapter 18, the Bible tells us in verse 24 and 25, this is Abraham talking to God. God opened our eyes to see who God really is in this. I don't know how Abraham came about this revelation, but Abraham knew who God is. And God was prepared to destroy the, the city of Sodom and also of Gomorrah. And, and Abraham started pleading with God. And this is what Abraham said. It says, far be it from you to do such a thing. That's to destroy the wicked and the righteous together. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this. To slay the righteous with the wicked. So that the righteous should not be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the whole earth do right? 
So God is the judge of the whole earth. And Jesus has already made it clear in prayer, you come to the judge of the whole earth to give you justice. Why? Because if you are being oppressed, you're sick in the body, the word of God is already clear, by his stripes you were healed. And now you are being oppressed by the enemy and you need justice. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Sickness is an oppression from Satan. And you got to have justice because the word of God says you have been healed. So you go to your father and says, look, God, I've got to have justice. Avenge me of my adversary. He's coming at me, and the words is behind me. I need my healing. And God will give that to you. If you are being oppressed in your finances, you go to the judge of the whole earth. Is this is Satan's oppression? I pay my tithe and I'm give. I give regularly, and your word is behind me. If you give. God says it shall be given unto you. Good measure, praise down, shake, uh, um, running over. Shaking together, running over. I can't put it together tonight. But, but basically, uh, you guys be quiet. <laughs> praise down, shaking together, and it's running over. But it's your responsibility to go before the judge to demand justice because the word of God is behind you. And God will give you justice based on his word. And so you have to go. That's what prayer is all about. You go to God to demand justice from him. When you go into the judge. And you're taking your case before a judge. You got to get the judge behind you. You can have confidence because you know the law is behind you. But just knowing the law is behind you is not good enough. You got to be prepared to impress the judge against your enemy, right? The one that's oppressing you. You got to come with the law before the judge and let the judge know the law is behind me. And you, the judge, you got to give me justice. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus is telling us. You come to him with the word. That's the law. That's the law that controls our existence on the earth. He's the word of God that's controlling everything. And if the enemy is coming against you, and what he's doing in your life is contrary to what the word says, you got the law, the word of God, the will of God behind you. And so you come to God ready to make your case. And if you impress the judge with what you know from the law against your enemy, you get justice every time. It's not a religious thing. I'm praying because Christians pray. You don't know what you're doing. You just don't pray because Christians pray. I'm praying because I want to fellowship with God. That's good, but you got issues constantly. The life of a man, if you live on the earth, is full of trouble. 
you're dealing with some issues right now i'm dealing with issues every one of us we constantly need justice and we get that only through prayer the help of man is useless that's what the bible says man cannot help you you need justice from god so you go to god prepared with the word to do battle if you don't know that the law is behind you when you come before the judge you have no confidence you say all you want to say but your enemy is going to beat you to it because you don't know the law and you're going to fail jesus said you go to the judge if you go to god he is the judge he'll give you justice once you come up with it that's where christians miss it they just throw all kinds of things and they're crying and asking god for sympathy where he sees your tears but you don't have the law behind you you gotta show him you gotta prepare you can't go to court for a critical case and you are not prepared you're not going to win even if you have the law behind you you don't know the law. The judge is sitting, listening to the lawyers go back and forth. First John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's the law, according to his will, your life. If you ask anything according to his will, when you know his will, you have confidence. So when you come, you know the law is behind you, his will is behind you, you're going to get justice. So you come before God and says, God, this is what the law says, this is what Jesus did for me, and Jesus is your advocate, he knows you know what you're doing, you're going to win. It's going to be given to you. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's connecting with God when you come with his word, according to his will. When you come according to his will, he hears you. You get connected. And he says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So once the, you know the will is behind you, the law is behind you, just knowing that is not good enough. Let him know you know what the law is, what the will is. You're behind me. And once I have that confidence, the Bible says we have this confidence in him. If we have his will behind us, he's going to hear us. And if he hears us, we got it. When you connect with heaven, the impact will be felt on the earth. There is no need. If you don't go to God with his word, you don't connect. That's the number to dial so that he gets to God. Asking sympathy, that's good enough. God may help you, but you don't know the word and we're coming to that. I think I better go to this scripture very quickly so you understand. Isaiah 43, verse 26. Put me in remembrance, God says, let us contend together. Put me in remembrance of what? The will. State your case. That you may be acquitted or justified or be given justice. You got to make your case. Let's contend together. That's, these are not my words. That's God's word. You can't get around it. You can't look for sympathy. This is the way to go. Before you go to court, you prepare. You just don't go there and sit down and hope 
the judge will just have sympathy on you and let you go. What's the purpose of praying then? You go with your case before God. You get your scriptures together. Sometimes people are sick and you want to tell them that they should study uh, scriptures concerning healing. They refuse. They're looking for somebody who is anointed to pray for them. And God may have mercy on them. They get prayed for and then they get healed. But as soon as they leave, the next day they're back again. Why? They don't know the law. I've been there. You pray for them. (laughs) They don't know how to fight. You got to state your case. Contend with God together. In Isaiah chapter 1, I believe it verse 8, God says, come, let's reason together. Verse 18, let's reason together. Let's reason together. Contend with God. When you're praying, it's a battle. That's what uh, the symbol of that is what we find with uh, Jacob wrestling with God. That's his prayer. Yeah, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Right? It's as if God didn't want to bless Jacob. God wanted to bless Jacob all all along. But he had to fight for it. Just saying God understands. Let him do whatever he wills. He'll do it someday. What do you mean by someday? What day? You have done nothing. You have done nothing to make that day come to pass. You're just sitting there waiting. You're not contending with God. You haven't fasted. No battle, and you want things to just change. <laughs> if you don't sow, you won't reap. It's a principle in the universe. You just you have to do something. So you prepare, and before you go there, so you can get help from heaven. Your key is the word of God, knowing what God says. That's what's going to build confidence in you. You see, everything you receive is by faith, right? So when you start studying the word in that area where you're struggling, you come up with your case before God. Amen? This is, the word, what, this is what you said. And if God has spoken to you through prophecy or some, some other way, maybe personal, you take that as, long, uh, as well with you and say, God, it can't. This can't be happening to me. Not according to what you said. I know it's not coming from you. It's coming from the enemy. I need justice. I need justice. How long? Oh God. That's what David was crying. How long? How long? You need justice. And Jesus said, if you come to him, he will avenge speedily. Speedily. But you got to plead your case. You got to plead your case. There's no need to dial up to heaven if you're not connecting with the word. It's like dialing uh, somebody and they're not picking and you say, well, I don't care whether you pick up anyway. I'm just going to speak what is my mind. Well, you can say all you want. He's not hearing. You got to make sure you're connecting. And the only way to be confident you are connecting is to know his will. The law that's behind you. And that's what you come to him with. And say, God, this is what you promised me. Every scripture is a promise of God for you. It's his will. As you take that to yourself and you can go with him and, 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 and to him with it and begin to trust God and believe God for it. You need the word. It's the word that is going to get you connected. That's the number. 
to dial for whatever issue to get connected with God. And the enemy knows once you get connected, he knows he's finished. Do you see when you go to when people go to court, to court, and they are presenting their case, they're looking at the jurors, right, to see if they are connecting. And if the jurors are taking notes and really very interested, we got them, right? And the opposing lawyer is saying, "Boy, we don't know what's going on. The jurors are paying too much attention to what they're saying. And if the jurors are actually nodding their head, he knows I'm finished." They're connecting. Right? We have an enemy. We got to talk to our father. But you got to be prepared before you get there. I want to share this scripture with you. The only language God understands is his word. Right? That's his language. If you can't speak his word, if you can't speak his language, you're not connected. If I call you and speak Nigerian to you, you say, that's not going to work with you, right? <laughs> you say, good luck. Could you speak English? I can hear what you're saying. But if I insist on speaking my Nigerian language, I'm sure you're going to drop the phone after a while, right? Something is wrong, right? That's the only language God understands. His word. That's the only thing in heaven that makes sense. Let me share this scripture with you, First John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Right? Witness in heaven. Three that bear witness in heaven. Who you praying to? To the Father. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Those are the three that will bear witness in heaven. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. We'll be talking about the blood on Sunday. That's on the earth. But in heaven, when you are trying to connect with heaven, the Father, the Spirit, you need the word. They bear witness. They're one. If your words don't connect with the words, there is nothing to bear witness to. You, they can't be in one. The word is different from the word in heaven. You have no place. They are not in agreement with what you're saying because your what you're saying doesn't connect with the word. And the word and the father that is going to give you what you're asking for, your words and the word don't connect. The word don't agree with you. You got nothing. There are three that bear witness in heaven. So you go to God with the word. That's your weapon to get God to do things for you. Not sympathy. Not tears. That's good. But that's not going to get answer. And, and notice, when you go really into the Word, He builds faith in you, right? After you've studied it, and you, it builds faith in you, and when you go, you got all kinds of confidence, and you speak to God based on His Word, Right? And the word agrees with you. And the spirit was the one that taught you the word, right? Put it together. He is in agreement. And the father, they're three year one. He is the one to deliver it to you. He gives you justice. You're getting it. 
Amen. You're going to get the justice. I got time. So prepare yourself to get to God. If you're really serious about getting answers from God. If you just want to see a, a religious thing and you don't want something to change in your life. You just want to be doing things because Christians do that. And there's no real hunger in your life for a change, for a better tomorrow in your life spiritually, in every area of life. Then you can just play games with prayer. That's why Christians don't pray. They don't even know if God will answer. But they feel, well, if I don't pray, I'm not really being a real Christian, so I'm going to pray then. <laughs> That's religion. You pray to get answer. It's better when I have something I'm going to be praying for than to just be praying. That's the time to just give thanks because I don't have something that's really pressing. But when something comes against me, sometimes I really like it because it forces me to really pray and then expect God to do something. But as I'm preparing myself to pray, even in, as you're sleeping, you're quoting those scriptures back to God and something begins to rise up inside of you. This is not right. Because he's hurting you and it's contrary to what God says. Let me go further on this. Elijah challenged the uh, prophets of Baal. And what it was just to get prayer answered, right? It was just to get the prayer answered. Whoever gets his prayer answered from God wins, right? <laughs> that was the, the whole contest was based on that. To you of 450, just me. If you guys can come together, two is better than one, right? You got 450. If you can get him, force his hand to send fire from heaven, you won. But if you can't, I'll go alone. And if I can't, then I win. And if you lose, you die in this contest. But look at what happened here. It's not how long. If you really know and you're confident, you don't have to pray very long. Sometimes once, when you've gone through the words in your head, you know, because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3, verse 20, God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think. When you're thinking of all of these things in your heart and thinking, God, this cannot be. Look at the scripture here. These are contrary to what you said. That's a lot of faith. Most likely, before you begin to pray, God will tell you, I've already answered. There is no need to pray. I've had that happen to me. There's no really need to pray. I remember I was going to fast and pray to God for answers. I needed real answers. And I was going to fast for at least three days. I fasted just one because the first day he gave me the answer. I was looking for something for God to show me something in scripture. I need, I need understanding. I got these things to handle and I don't know what to do. Show me. And the first day I got my answer, I quit fasting. It was over. Go back to what, my normal life. But look at what happened here. 
It says in First Kings chapter 18, verse 36 and 39, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things, what? According to your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then, that's all he said. Then fire, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. That was all he said. Because he had prepared himself. If you read this story, in fact, God was the one that said, you go back to King Ahab, I'm about to send rain. So he said, well, why should I pray? God has already told me to go. And he don't work that way. doesn't work that way. Read the scripture. God was the one that told him, get out from this place, go to Ahab, because I'm about to send rain now. And then he went. But then he still prayed for the rain, right? Just because God has told you something personally doesn't mean you don't have to pray about it. You fight with what he's told you. Amen? You come to him for justice. This is what you said. But let's see how Elijah prepared for this. First Kings, again, going back, verse 30. It says, Then Elijah said to, to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Okay? That's the first thing to do. If you got a lot of issues, start repairing what's going on. Are things broken down in your relationship? You understand? I got to get everything. So that's preparation, right? I got to make sure everything is fine. The altars have been broken down. I got to get my altar together. That's where I'm going to make my case, right? So you make sure everything is taking is, is done. It says in verse uh, 31, And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come. Notice, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar. With, what, with the stones, he did what? He built an altar. In the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two shields, shields of uh, seed. Now, with the stones, he built an altar. The stones represent the wood. Amen? That's where you're going to be speaking from. That's your altar. That was a literal altar. We don't have that now. You can do that wherever. But with the stones, you build your altar from which you're going to make your case. And it's the word. You get your stones. Notice he picked out 12 stones to represent the tribes of Israel according to what God had said. 
the words that God has spoken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the 12 sons, put everything together, then he built his altar. The stones represent the word. The stones have to, the word has to be in place. The stones have to be in place on the altar to make your case. Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected have become the chief corner stone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. For you to build anything as a Christian into your life, you need the chief cornerstone. And this chief cornerstone, according to first John, I mean according to John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You need the stones in place. You need the word of God in place. You need the chief cornerstone. You may have your sympathy and all of that to build, but without the chief cornerstone, you're going nowhere. You need the stone. You need the word of God. That's why when we tell Christians to study the scriptures, we're not just telling you a religious thing. Amen? It's for you to bring thing, put things into your heart so when the time comes for a battle and you need justice, the Holy Spirit will begin to pick, help you pick those stones, 12 of them, to bring them together to build an altar and get your chief cornerstone so you can build on it. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our size. You need that. We need that. He is that chief cornerstone. You know, with David, right? What did he do with Goliath? He got Goliath in your lives, your life. You need stones. Amen. He went to the brook and picked five stones to throw at the enemy. You got to get a few stones. Every time you use the word against whatever situation, whatever giant is coming to your life, every time you use the word, it's like you are using that stone, the word of God, to vanquish the enemy. Jesus said in that scripture, I just, what we just read in Matthew 21, he said, everyone who falls on that stone will be broken. And everyone that stone, the chief cornerstone falls on, will be ground into powder. If you throw the stone at the enemy, powder, that's what's going to result. We need the word. You can't just be using your own word. You let scriptures be a part of your prayer. Get them together. Write them down. And begin to plead your case before God according to the scriptures. Plead your case. God, this is what you said. And I know you can't lie. 
What's happening in my life? Did I cause this? Is the altar broken? Would you speak to me, Holy Spirit? If I have a broken altar, please help me. I want to put the altar together. And the Word of God will show you exactly how to put the altar together. The stones to put the altar together. And then you gather more stones. And after you put the altar together, put your chief cornerstone, the Word of God, for real battle. And you're going to win. Because you're going to get justice. But just pleading with God without the word, you're wasting your time. You, you're not making your case. You're not making your case. And this is just, sometimes you say, well, God understands. Well, he says to pray. These are the principles that govern the universe. These are principles. You can't make God go against his word. Because he wants to see, I have sympathy on you. He's not going to go against this word just for you. This is the way things are set up. And you got to follow through with the way things are set up or you're getting nothing. God's not going to go against his word because you need sympathy. You follow the rules. If you don't resist temptation, you fall. Right? That's the rule. So we must gather our stones and begin to throw your rocks at the enemy. Amen? To put him down. You know, somebody said um, David had five stones because he knew Goliath had four other brothers. (laughs) If I get this one, if the others show up, I have other stones. I'm going to get them all. Amen? Amen? But the stones represent the word of God. You know, if, if I tell us, let's go, tell, you know, let's go do battle, and you begin to say, Pastor, wait, I'm going to go look for my stones. I think you lost it. The word is your stone. Is the chief cornerstone. That's what Jesus said, Peter. You, he says, you are Peter. What? Stone. Again. And upon this, I build my church. All around the stone. Which is the word of God. The word of God. Once you can lash onto a scripture and you hold onto it and you plead your case before God, God's going to come through. He may not be overnight. He may be wanting you to wanting to know if you really believe what you're saying. You go to court and you're pleading your case, but you are unsure. They know you're unsure. You don't even believe what you're saying. So it's got to be a, you have to be fully persuaded in your heart. That's where faith comes. So you can go to God. So you read those scriptures and read them till they become part of you. And you make your case before God. And you are waiting. But Jesus talked about that woman. He said, he said she went. And after a while, the guy was tired. <laughs> I'm just going to do this. But he said, you don't have to do that with God. When you go, you make your case. At that same time, angels are dispersed. And God has a way of letting you know deep inside of you that you've been heard. Amen? It's, it's the title did. He just lets you know inside somehow, I've heard you. And from then on, you kind of know no matter what's going on, you know somehow my deliverance is on his way. 
But that confidence will only come when you know the word because God speaks to us only through his language, through his word. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. We pray to get results. We just just pray just to be praying. That's religion. When we get results, then we don't suffer frustration because God is at work. So I pray that God is giving you tonight that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened. Is not the hearer of the word that's blessed. <laughs> when the word used when the word says blessed means God's actually doing something in your life that will make your life better. It's not the hearer of the word that's blessed. The doer of the word. The major problem we have is people hear the word, they hear a good sermon, and that's what I, my real battle is. I don't like that. I've never liked just hearing the word. I want something to do. Give me something to work on. And let me experiment on this. And see what it works. If it works, good, I got something. I got to find some other thing I can experiment on. Amen? If you hear the word, act on it. And make sure that God is doing something. When God answers that prayer and is working, you get so excited. And then you take you to more serious fields for battle. Amen. <laughs> Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't have to guess. Because you've revealed yourself in your word. And once we receive your word, we know we've come to know you. That's the only way we can truly know you and, and how you feel and what you want to do to know your will through your word. Father, help us to truly search and take time to know the will of God. So that we can pray according to your will. And receive all that you've given to us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.